0: Prepare for trouble! Make it double!
1: Hey
2: everyone, welcome to episode 55 of the Switch Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Carrigan. With me, as always, is Ginny Wu. Yo. And Andrew Brown. Yo. And we've possibly got a smaller episode for you this week. We're going to talk a bit about Pokemon Let's Go and Civilization Six.
1: If you guys don't talk about Pokemon for a half an hour just by yourselves, you're not doing your jobs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll give it a go. Uh, there's no news, no real updates from last week, so we're just going to get straight into it. So let's talk about those Pokemon. Yeah,
0: Pokemon!
2: Andrew's the dissenter of the trio this week. He's <laughs> he's extremely not getting Pokemon Let's Go.
1: I'll just be over here yelling at my cloud. <sighs>
2: <laughs> uh, myself and Ginny have both picked it. You've mm-hmm. got a Eevee version. I've got the Pikachu version. So we can do some comparison. So it is, of course a remake of Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow from the original Game Boy. So it's a return to the Kanto region and just focuses on the original 150 plus a couple of extras. Let's start with the most obvious thing, the visuals. What a jump from the 3DS versions, eh?
0: Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. I cannot overstate how good this game looks
2: it's really cool seeing it running like on the big screen as well i, I know you tend to play most of your switch stuff handheld mm-hmm. have you docked it at all for this
0: i've docked it and it probably is gonna change my mind as opposed to how i want to play it i usually love playing everything handheld because a portable but it just looks so good and i'm such a sucker for like this feeling of being able to, I guess, watch my own Pokemon movie unfold on the big screen that I'm actually playing most of mine on the big screen right now.
2: So, of course, it's got a bunch of differences from the core series. They've not been shy about this. This is an entry aimed at bringing in newcomers and people who play Pokemon Go. So they've borrowed a, a couple of elements from Pokemon Go and they streamlined a lot of the systems. A lot of the hardcore fans are upset about this, but this game's not for you, so wah-wah. Ah. They, It's stuff that 20% of the player base care about. I'm sorry. It's cool that you're into it, but this isn't the game for you. Just wait till next year. The biggest element really is the catching. So you're not battling the wild Pokemon to catch them. You don't have to beat them to within an inch of their lives. You throw the ball. It basically mirrors Pokemon Go. It's not quite one-to-one in the same way that, that Pokemon Go is. Uh, so if you have it docked, you're sort of resorting to motion controls with a, either a Joy-Con or a Pokeball Plus, which I got. I got the bundle version. There's no pro controller support, which is weird, because, you know, it does have motion control capabilities, but maybe they'll add that later. One of their big draws was, hey, you can, like, literally play this one-handed if you need to. I've been playing with the Pokeball Plus, which I, I must admit I've... I've switched back and forth between that and the Joy-Con and I actually prefer playing with the Pokeball. It's like really well made, the joystick is good, it's got a good weighting to it, it vibrates and makes the noise of whatever Pokemon you catch. Which kind of like I thought that the novelty of that would wear off really quickly. You know me, when we talked about Odyssey and it gave you the splash screen on that about the reliance on motion controls, I I like my gut reaction must have just got Ugh. <laughs> Odyssey went a long way into sort of readdressing my opinions on on motion controls, that and Resident Evil Revelations on Switch I have to admit I am really really enjoying playing this with the motion controls Like I I thought the novelty of the catching would get boring really quickly but it does really add an element and I, I think it's the physical aspect And the audio aspect as well really sort of sells that experience to you. Uh, Ginny, did you pick up the Pokeball Plus?
0: No, I didn't. I went Pokeball-less, so I was just either catching it on handheld, which is very, very straightforward, or just with the Joy-Cons, which is also very straightforward. Um, It works fine. Like, I mean, obviously I don't have the cool novelty that Andy does because I'm not holding the literal Pokemon in my hand (laughs) after (laughs) I catch it. But, I mean, it's fine. It it works. I think I commented a, a little bit on this when I was playing Tiger with the motion controls. It wasn't perfect. The tracking was not A++. Definitely have not had that problem with Pokemon Let's Go. So if you're someone that wants to play with the Joy-Con or maybe you haven't shelled out for the full deluxe package, it's perfectly serviceable with the Joy-Con and completely fine even in handheld. You don't even really have to move your device to catch it in handheld. When you're catching stuff in handheld, it kind of orients... From the position of your console before you press i'm ready let's catch so if you've just got it right in front of you and it's dead center on your screen which it always is when it loads in you just leave it there catching will be a hitch right like there's nothing to do <laughs> there's no motion to move so that's the easiest way to catch it, i think just playing in hand out like that but it's it's fine it works i'm happy
2: with it uh, the other things they've borrowed from uh, pokemon go of course are the berries to make catches easier mm-hmm. to to stop pokemon from moving around uh, and increases your chance of getting an item, whereas in Pokemon Go it would give you more candies. Without as much battling, so you you get more XP for, for catching than you do for battling trainers. Uh, the battling system is completely traditional. <gasps> to power level your, your Pokemon, you catch more Pokemon, so to get rid of like all those Pidgeys you don't want, <laughs> you basically transfer them to Professor Oak, like you do in Pokemon Go. That's another element it borrows which I'm perfectly fine with. You can sort through them, pick your good ones, and send them packing. And he'll reward you with different types of candy, depending on what you give him, which you can then feed to power up your main Pokémon, which is pretty neat. Just It's just a nice, simple, streamlined way. The catching element makes a lot of sense to me in terms of this series, because like, a Pokémon's not going to want to battle for you if you just kick the living daylights out of it. <laughs> they made a lot of talk... During presentations about trying to make it more like the anime like team rocket in this and more like the anime you know pikachu doesn't want to go in his pokeball in the anime so that's why they went with the the buddy system on this one and it's just one of those elements because the anime seemed to have got away from beating wild pokemon to befriending them and that sort of brings it in line with that so the other thing we were going to talk about was the pokemon go integration when this got announced that it was going to have that I, I sort of went about on pokemon go to get the first gen doubles so i could mm, get smart. the 151 really quickly yeah however it's the pokemon <laughs> Go integration is out but you can't get to it till late game so it sort of replaces the safari from red blue and yellow mm. so it just takes a while to get there so while i'm disappointed i've got all these like you know double pidgeys double growlers and stuff when i've already caught them now It means the game's not broken immediately by you just transferring all your most powerful stuff across in the early game. Now, there are some cool visual cues as well. So, a Pokemon with a blue swirl means it's a tiny one. Mm. One with a red swirl means it's huge and, you know, (laughs) good chance that's going to be more powerful. And then you can actually see when one is going to be one of those really coveted shinies. It has, like, a sparkle effect around it. I haven't run into one myself, but I have seen a couple of screenshots. Have you caught any yet?
0: I haven't caught a shiny, but I was initially kind of thrown off by the, like, huge and tiny colors. At first I was like, oh, the red one's, like, a high physical attack or something, and the blue one's, like, a high special attack, because I can't read, apparently. Um. But yeah, I find that really cute. I like how the game's like, oh, it's huge when you like load into the screen and it's like (laughs) a a red Pokemon or like, oh, it's tiny. Like, I think it's really cute. I kind of enjoy that wild Pokemon can basically just run away now, like any wild Pokemon can, not limited to just, you know, Abra or Safari Zone type Pokemon. Pretty much any Pokemon will just skedaddle if you're like, A, taking too long or B, just kind of throwing stuff at it and messing with it. And I think that's, also a good thing i just kind of enjoy all these pokemon go touches and that's coming from someone that's weirdly on the fence about pokemon go i've played it and i'm like oh cool i walk to work so i use it just so i gamify my morning and night hell experience of walking through and from work but i'm not someone that's like oh hey everyone let's play pokemon go together but I actually enjoy all these Pokemon Go touches and how the Pokemon move and react to you just seems really dynamic and cool. I like that they can now slap away Pokeballs, basically. And, and, you know, they can do things to dodge you and that makes it feel more organic than before when you were just kind of beating it up until it can't move anymore. And then you're just like, cool, well, you can join my team and fight for me like a caged animal. I kind of prefer this more dynamic, more resistant Pokemon and kind of feels more... Like, they are animals with their own brains, right? I like that they can run away at they can fight you. I kind of enjoy that.
2: The other thing with the battle system as well, ditching it for wild catches, is that when I play the mainline games, I never attack them, because I'm always in fear of hitting them with something super effective and just knocking them straight out. So I just end up <laughs> just throwing balls at them constantly until it catches anyway, and it always does. Yeah. So all they've done is take away that unnecessary step of having to hit them with false swipe and hope that it does enough mm. to make it easier to catch.
0: Oh, I also quite like what they do in the battle system now, whereby depending on how much your Pokemon has a bond with you, it will do certain things. For example, my Pokemon got pretty much was going to get one hit KO'd by a super effective move. And it was the gym leader's Pokemon was like 10 levels above it. But it kind of held on because it was like, you know, you know, this this Pokemon holds on because Ginny really believes in it. And I was like, oh, no, (laughs) (laughs) like it really hurt. And I was like, oh, you poor thing. But like, I feel like that feels better like when you actually spend time with the Pokemon and like it's not just Pikachu or Eevee that you can bond with you can bond with pretty much every Pokemon on your roster by having it out chilling with it talking to it and they dynamically react to the world around them you know they'll run off and they'll see some flowers and they'll go oh Bulbasaur really likes these flowers or like Bulbasaur was startled by a drop of water landing on its head like all that stuff in the way that they animate them in the way that they move in this world is just so new and so interesting. I used to have to imagine that when I was playing the original. Like, original yellow, black and white. You know, you couldn't see any of this stuff the way you can now. And I used to have to imagine my Pikachu running alongside me or, like, reacting to things or just kind of hopping around. And now I can actually see it. And it's actually really, really nice. It's really hitting all my nostalgia buttons really, really hard.
2: Yeah, I saw someone say it was kind of like... How they remember playing the yeah. Game Boy version in their head. Now, I I only came into Pokemon pretty late. I dabbled with Black and White and sure. sort of ditched it early on. And I've I've ended up like completing two or three mm-hmm. in this last year alone. Yellow was one of them. Um, so it's been really cool with that like more recent hindsight, seeing how they handle the events from from Yellow and and how different it looks. And like like you said about uh the way the Pokemon move and how they exist in the world, like. It does feel like a an alive cartoon world. Mm. Like it, it feels like a believable, living cartoon, which is really cool. Um, And I'm I'm enjoying seeing all these people's uh, gifts of, uh, you know, the larger Pokemon being out of their Pokeball and how how the character reacts to them. Like (laughs) riding a Snorlax. I just saw one. They're just like clinging to its front. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Um, And the one thing that it has improved tenfold over the original Yellow uh, is that. Mount Moon cave is no longer the worst thing I've ever (laughs) experienced. It's now actually a joy to run through that cave. We probably haven't really clarified that. There are no random encounters in this version of Pokemon. Uh, You you approach the long grass and then you see the the Pokemon spawn in and you can basically just run into whichever one you want to trigger the fight. Now there is benefit in grinding out the Pokemon if you keep catching the same species constantly you, you start a, a catch combo which then yields like more rewards it'll give you more xp the The higher that combo goes you'll get more candies you'll get other benefits one of the best benefits though is if you're in the right place you it'll give you a better chance of spawning one of the original starters which is obviously Bulbasaur, Squirtle or Charmander uh, which I, I went through each of those three areas yesterday and and ground out th- Three of each, so I can try and get one of each <laughs> mm-hmm. each tier of evolution. There's also some other stuff you can do. So if you you're in a battle with a trainer, very occasionally you'll get a an icon up here above the uh, Pokemon status bar in the bottom right, and if you you waggle the controller, it'll do like a never missing, super powerful, devastating attack. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading one review that apparently. Like, the series is pretty easy as, as a whole. Like, all the ones I've beaten, I've beaten with just, like, six core Pokemon that cover a range of, you know, the different styles. So I've always got something to counter in its, you know, ever-growing rock, paper, scissors, fire, water, earth, all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. system. If you get the Eevee version, apparently that has the ability to learn attacks from all the uh, evolutions of Eevee. So your buddy one never actually evolves you're, you're stuck with Eevee or Pikachu as your buddy. But yeah, the Eevee can actually learn attacks from its evolutionary forms, so you can sort of tailor it more for a bunch of different scenarios.
0: Yeah, that's true. I have encountered that. Um, at least initially you get the choice of fire, water, electricity at a at a particular move trainer, so that's also possible as well. So don't worry. <laughs> you can try and, I guess, build your EV in a certain way. But I've also found there's a lot more cross-type combinations. Like, maybe I'm just remembering, maybe I was playing the game when I was too young and not really sure what I was doing when I first played Yellow. But to me, it kind of feels like I see a lot more Pokemon now with cross-type moves that they might not have been able to learn. I feel like they're a lot more free and easy with the TM, HM stuff currently. I've seen some interesting move combinations.
2: I think you're right. Um, My memory's sketchy on games I've played just a couple of months ago, so (laughs) I can't tell you for certain, but I, I feel like you're right. And that, and that power move that you can learn the motion controlled one you can't get that in handheld so it is worth docking yeah. your switch from time to time particularly if you're going to go in a gym battle or something like that because I figure that's when that's going to be the most useful mm-hmm. was there anything else?
0: I don't know, I mean go? apart from how fun it is I <laughs> I don't know yeah it is
2: ridiculously fun yeah. Like I, I, I'm I sat here thinking I can't wait to go back to it as soon as we're done I think that about covers it Sorry about that,
0: Andrew. Huh? <laughs> She's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm awake, guys. But I'm, I'm awake. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is good. I love it. I don't think I can say get my version over Andy's. I don't know how Andy feels about Pikachu versus EV. But I think that they're both so cute. And honestly, when the game starts up, and then there's like that scene, and then your Pokemon is like reaching towards you. Like I am an emotional robot, but I feel like I felt something at that particular moment so it's just it's just so good please get it if you're on the fence please get it if you have a kid i'm sure they'll love it try and justify the purchase that way for christmas just do it it's great yeah
2: i'm not on the cute stuff i'm not one who's usually like oh my god that's so cute unless it's my cats (laughs) but there have been times at this where i've actually pulled my hands to my face just out of sheer delight of how (laughs) joyful the whole thing is yeah and that that intro is just something fantastic Yeah. yeah it's just adorable And, yeah. Let's get off of the cartoony stuff and talk about something a bit more serious. Mm -hmm. Sid Meier's Civilization VI has finally hit Switch this week. Uh, I grabbed a physical copy on Friday, but I just haven't had a chance to look at it with all the Pokemonings. Andrew, you've been checking it out. Does it run well? Is it fun? (laughs) Are you enjoying it?
1: That was the main thing I was worried about, was how well it was going to run on the Switch. And... I don't actually have any experience with the PC version of the game, so I can't make a first-hand comparison of how it looks. This does feel kind of stripped down. It feels like it has very simplistic presentation values, and I I was wondering about that since this is a pretty slim 5GB download, which surprised me for a game with the resources that goes into it like Civilization does you know the animations on the map are very simple you you just watch your units just kind of poke at each other they're really small on the map you can zoom in but they're still super hard to make out and when you are engaging in diplomacy with another civilization you do see their faction leader and they do have pretty nice animations there but again the animations are very limited my guess would be that The presentation has been stripped away quite a bit to get it running on the platform, which Mm. is a completely superficial thing. So it's really not that big a deal. But this is not a game that you're going to be using to show off the Switch. I would say. Uh,
2: I did read that it is actually based off the iPad version. Ah, that explains it. Which is also a very solid port from from all accounts. But yeah, just that might just explain that part of it
1: it does have complete touchscreen controls you know with one two and three finger touching and all that and so that doesn't surprise me at all that this is based on the ipad version as far as its performance i've been perfectly happy with how it performs uh, i've been playing a marathon game today which <laughs> i've been playing all day for about the past eight hours i've been into it and uh i'm only a third of the way through the game in terms of the the turn total that they give you in each game type. I picked this version specifically to see if I could break the game by picking a really long and drawn out game type and I think I made a mistake, but yeah,
0: because <laughs> I That's am just torture for yourself. That's masochism at its finest level. There.
1: Yeah, there are other game types. There's like an online game type, which I think only has like 200 turns or something in it, so it goes a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> but I have discovered that the game were, runs pretty well. It's pretty stable. It did crash on me when I was playing through the tutorial. And I still don't know why that was, but, you know, that's not unusual for a Civilization game on any platform, so I'm not judging it too heavily for that. And that was in the tutorial. This marathon game I've been playing has been running great. It's been solid performance. It hasn't chugged at all in terms of, you know, like when they're processing all the enemy turns it just kind of sits there and processes them it's still going to be quite a bit of sitting around when you have a lot of enemy civilizations waiting to go by uh i've timed it now in the mid game that i'm at there's a, about a 20 second wait between each turn so you you probably want to have you know something on on netflix in the background when you're playing this or something those were the two things that I was really worried about was the visual presentation, which is stripped down apparently based on the mobile version and the actual performance of the game itself, which I would rate as perfectly adequate. But as to the cool. game itself, you know, it, it's civilization. If I were to give even a short summary of this game, it would be the entire length of this podcast is <laughs> <just> to describe <laughs> this game. But civilization six has added some cool new things to it. Like, uh, each civilization now has a specific like motivation between its leader and it also has a second hidden motivation that changes in every turn so that way it makes it a little bit easier to interact with the other civilizations but it also keeps an element of surprise when you're interacting with them and they've also added a lot more options to declare war on other civilizations because even though this is a really old series it goes back to the beginning of pc gaming it was always really hard to declare war on other enemy civilizations without being declared a warmonger, even if you had legitimate reasons for doing it. Now they've added a lot more options for declaring war, so like if a particularly aggressive nation has stolen a city from you, you can actually state that as a reason for why you are going to war with them, is to reclaim your city. And if you stop after you get your city back, the other civilizations of the world won't hold it against you, they'll still think of you as an honorable person and not that horrible warmonger, let's nuke that person immediately. And then there's also the big new district system, because one of the sillier things in civilization has been your cities take up one node on the map, and everything you build in that city is in that one single node of the map. Now it makes you spread things out a little more in your area of influence around each city, and it also increases the importance of the things that are around your city. Like Right now I'm going for a cultural victory with the Greek faction, and I built Chichen Itza, which uh, gives me increased cultural points every turn for every jungle that's in my area of influence. So I am encouraged to keep all those jungle pieces around my city intact because I can't just build them myself, and once that jungle is gone, then it's gone, and I lose those extra culture points from this world wonder that I put a lot of resources into building. So it's still civilization. You still play it more or less how you've played it in the past, uh, but they've added a lot more refinement to it in this one than I feel has really happened to the series since I think Civilization Four was the last big step forward for it. Mm. I've been pretty happy with it. I- I'm definitely not going to play a marathon game again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, don't make that yeah. mistake twice. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have
1: online multiplayer. So if like if you're a serious competitive Civilization player, I don't think there's anything here that's going to attract you. But it does have local multiplayer, Or you can pass it around between your friends, which is big. Like, when I was in high school, the big thing on Game Boy Advance was Advance Wars, and we would always play that on lunch breaks and during study hall just by passing my Game Boy Advance around. You can do that in this one. That is an option. But I think the main draw here is going to be single player. So if you are a longtime Civilization fan and you you can just grind the computer under your heel even on the highest difficulty without trying... (laughs) This would not be an attractive product for you, I think. But if for someone like me who has only ever played against the computer in the first place and has never been like as me and Andy mentioned in a previous episode, my favorite civilization is civilization revolution. So that should tell you the oh, yeah. that should tell you the level of uh, skill and depth I have with these games, but just <laughs> approaching it from that perspective, I'm completely enjoying this game.
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Civ Rev, that's, and that's been largely my main experience with the series and it it's something I dabble with. Like it's this isn't the sort of thing I would, you know, play for a whole week. I would just jump in and out and do you know, smaller campaigns and stuff, which is why I found Civ Rev such a a good prospect. So, yeah, I'm really pleased to hear that this is is good and I, I can't wait to chuck my copy in once I'm And dumb catching critters. Okay, folks, what are we playing in the coming week?
0: Pokemon! Everywhere, at every opportunity, at every hour of every day. That's (laughs) what I'm playing.
1: (laughs) Free-to-play game cult classic Warframe is coming to Switch on the 20th. Oh, right, that's right. Yeah, so I'm probably going to spend most of next week playing that because it sounds right up my alley.
0: Nice,
2: yeah. Progression systems.
0: Mm. Woo! <laughs> Progress! <laughs>
2: uh, I If I've got room on my Switch SD card, I might download that. I'm just coming up to uh, Smash Brothers. I'm just a little worried about my backlog and how much it's taking
1: Andy, on my SD card. You just need to have three SD cards like I do. <laughs> no,
2: stress. Stress. Can't do it. Uh, I'm going to be playing lots more Pokemon, uh, mainly because I have a little freelance gig with it as well uh Uh, and I will be going back to Dark Souls at some point this week and that's it for episode 55 of the Switch Focus Podcast if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on iTunes, it really helps us to get noticed you can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn and other podcast services be sure to join our Discord server to interact with our lively community Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can now buy us a coffee. The details are on our website. Thanks in advance. And you can follow us all individually on Twitter. I'm at flame Roast toast. Andrew is at play critically and he also streams at twitch.tv forward play critically uh, where he plays many of the games he uh, talks about on the show. And you can follow Ginny at Ginny Woes. <laughs>